We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle won Bournemouth nil. We have progressed to the semi-final of a cup. Uh, you, yeah, ears are not deceiving you. That's that's the Qu- case. Quarter, quarter, show. Oh, it's a quarter. It's a quarter. Yeah. God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, sorry about that. This we is, will, this... we will get the semi-final. You've just said it. A bit I'm ahead. Them done what Cher did in the um, <laughs> in the World Cup. Did you see his tweet where yeah, it was like yeah. so good to get to the last eight? It was like, well, it's the last sixteen, but I love your optimism. <laughs> that's exactly where I'm at. Sorry. Um, quarter, semi to come. Um. A bit of a scrappy one. First game back at St. James's Park uh, for most of our like main class lads. Um, we obviously played a friendly against Rio on the weekend. Um, but uh, first game back, sort of more competitive fixture. Um, Johnny, are you happy with it? Are you like it was a bit scrappy? It was actually an own goal in the end, although obviously we forced that error, you could argue. What, uh, how did you feel about it? Yeah, it was a very scrappy game. Very, very scrappy game. I, th- I think, to be honest, I remember when the draw came out, I was quite happy that it was Bournemouth at home. I didn't want a lower league team because they're still playing. They're still playing through the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was actually a benefit to have a team near the bottom of the Premier League who was, you know, not playing as much as Newcastle are as well. And at home as well, I think it's a massive, massive advantage. But it was scrappy. It wasn't It wasn't a classic. Um, but job done job done and that was all that mattered get through to the next round and then we'll see what happens after that but no I, I'm not too concerned about the performance because it was the first game back after six weeks incredibly strong team which was a pleasant surprise to see because at least we're giving the competition a bit of respect but I suppose and if you're Eddie Howe you're probably thinking that was probably the perfect test if you like going into the Leicester game on Boxing Day yeah, I definitely agree. I was thinking like, oh, if you're ready, how you're making a lot of notes on the sideline here for, you know, you've got six days. Granted, one of those is Christmas Day, but you've got six days um, before we play again. There's plenty to um, plenty to work on. Sai, you did the instant reaction. It was fairly positive, fairly positive instant reaction on our patron. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm interested that you guys are calling it a scrappy game, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a spectacle. It wasn't a, you know, a, a glamour tie. It wasn't the World Cup final that we'd witnessed two days prior. Um, I'll give you that. But I thought Newcastle played pretty well. Um, you could tell there was some rustiness. You could tell that, you know, some of the lads hadn't played any competitive football in in five weeks. But I thought we pretty much dominated a team that 
turned up with the game plan of, of get 11 men behind the ball and try and stop Newcastle from scoring, I think they would have been very, very happy with nil-nil in penalties. So I thought in the circumstances, we gave a pretty good um, account of ourselves, given that we haven't played for so long. And it was always going to be a bit scrappy in that sense. You know, you could, you could see some loose first touches. You could see some stray passes and that'll come back. Um, and I, I felt really positive after that game, getting the result, obviously, just about. But I, I felt really confident going into Boxing Day now, having seen how fit and how kind of nearly there we are. And it is nearly there because it's the first game. And it was basically a bit of a, a little bit of a preseason test. And you, you're right to point out that, that that it was the same for Bournemouth, Johnny. And it wouldn't might it might be more difficult to play to play a low league side, albeit all the other Premier League teams that played last night came through their ties against lower league opposition. But yeah. I, I was I was pretty pleased with the way it went. I was pleased with a lot of individual performances. It was nice to see Maximan come off the bench. It was nice to see Shelby come off the bench. There's, there was just so many positives to talk about. So that that reflected in how I, how I saw the game. People are literally going to think that we have taken Sai and replaced <laughs> him with some kind of robot. Amazing. No, you're right. You're right. And a little bit of perspective is needed, isn't it? I think there was a part of me uh, um, that thought like guns blazing, all the momentum from the end of the season before the World Cup. Um, and and what I saw was, you know, just a little bit of um, little bit of uh, looseness to the game. You know, I think Eddie Howe said it after the game, Eddie Howe's comments after the game, he was he was kind to the players. He said, you know, they've come back after injury, after the World Cup, you know, all of that stuff. But we weren't as fluent as we are used to being which I think was his language. Um, I think that's probably about right. M- my scrappy comments, I think, come from us just looking a little bit tired towards the end. It was particularly towards the end. There were some, like, stray passes. There were some, like, who was that two kind of passes? Like, why did you do that? Um, but ultimately, we won the game, and that's what's important. So um, you are right. There are some really encouraging things, seeing some of our players come back, uh, Maxi, etc., come back. Is, uh, is incredibly uh, galvanizing and kind of will lead us into a conversation that I want us to have as part of this podcast. Um, we, you know, there's not tons to say about the Bournemouth game, there was, unless anybody wants to decry the uh, goal that was disallowed. Uh, Johnny, I'll come to you very quickly before we move on to the sort of in-depth discussion about how we position ourselves on the wings, but... Um, decry it for me. The goal was disallowed. It was disallowed, and I've only had the benefit of seeing it once, like, okay. like a, re- a replay. And I don't see where the offside is. I think the I think the Bournemouth def- defenders in line with Willick. I know Willick's sitting on his backside, but mm. I, I, I don't know if he, I don't think he's offside from from the one angle that I have seen. But it, it just shows that VAR is so important in top flight football now in an yeah, every, com- it- every competition. Really does because the flag didn't go up. I was in level seven yesterday, so obviously miles away, but I was quite like above that the Gallagher goal, so I was quite sort of close-ish to that event. The flag didn't go up. Like it was only because the Bournemouth players kicked off and like went to the ref and stuff that the goal was disallowed. It was already on the screen flashing up goal, goal, goal when um when the referee was saying that not not happening. Yeah, that's what was frustrating about it for me is that it wasn't given by VAR and it wasn't given by the linesman. So the linesman right. didn't, didn't think there was an offside. The referee has gone over to him after the play after the Bournemouth players kicked up a bit of a fuss, 
and they've had a discussion trying to find a reason to disallow the goal. That's what was ridiculous about it. Like, I, I think it was offside when you look back at it. I think Willick's he is lying on the floor and the ball does touch him, albeit it doesn't it doesn't change the outcome because Wilson mm. was getting there and he's going to score. But if you want to play it by the rules, it probably was offside. But the referee didn't see it that way in real time. The linesman didn't see it that way in real time. So I don't understand how him going over and having a conversation resulted in the goal being disallowed because there was no referral to VAR. They just decided, oh, yeah, we're going to disallow this, which is it's just a bizarre way to go on. I just don't think that happens to some of the clubs in the in the Premier League. I think I think what I think I'm not defending the officials by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but I think their reasoning for that decision being later than scheduled is the fact that the linesman stays where he is. He doesn't actually move. He doesn't put his flag up. I think he's trying to communicate with the referee to say, has Willick touched the ball at any point? Right. Because I think he's asking the referee that question. And if it, if if Willick has, then he is offside by what the linesman's thinking. If not, then Callum Wilson's got a goal against his former club, which he put away. But yeah, I I don't defend referees. I don't think the referee's particularly good yesterday, I have to be honest. But Very weak, isn't it, though? Even that, like, that just feels very weak. And the lack of transparency, like, nobody really understood across the ground, like, why was that disallowed? I was texting Alex, you know, saying, why was that disallowed? But from his perspective, it didn't interfere with play, so he didn't think that it was uh, offside, (laughs) but... Yeah, to be fair, if that's what's happened, Johnny, that's probably probably reasonable, um, and it's easy for them to say that and, and get away with it. And to, I, I thought the ref was all right. It was a lot of a lot of um, niggly fouls and stuff that he was letting play on, um, a bit, mm. little bit annoying, and then and then stopping the game at other times when there's no need. But generally speaking, he was quite favourable towards us. He gave us a lot of free kicks when we needed them, and I didn't see much wrong throughout the rest of the game that warrants warrants a referee uh, rant this week. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it'll um, come. League football is back and the referee runs will definitely be back with them. So don't worry about that. Um, We want to talk, I want to talk about the pressing issues for Eddie Howe um, because last night we had uh, Joel Linton on the left and and we've seen him play in that position before and kind of get stifled. Um, We we want him more in that midfield position, uh, creating more opportunity for us and, and also providing that kind of enormous presence and defensive presence um we are going to break before we uh chat about this because it's a bigger conversation um stick with us if you want to hear more podcasts like this we do tons of them we've got a true faith any questions coming this week we've got a full leicester preview we've just popped a leicester opposition view up today um we have two three tiers you can listen to this podcast ad free if you hate the adverts that's fair enough come and listen ad free on patreon um you can do a half membership and you can do the full membership so little you can wet your whistle however you like we will be back after these messages we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Part two of the show, and I want to get us really into... What are Eddie Howe's options? Does he have an issue? Does what, what what's going on here? So, Sai, I mentioned there before we took a break that um, that who plays left? Joe Linton was there last night. Um, uh, we don't read like on this podcast. We have talked about why we don't think that's the the best position for him. What would what would you do with the left hand side? Um. I don't want to get carried away after one one game. Um, there was a lot of frustration, I think, aimed towards Joe Willock and Joe Linton last night because I like the idea that they can both play that kind of interchangeable role on the left side of the midfield. And then one of them gets forward, the other drops in, and then they switch around a bit. And it worked very well, I think, at um, was it Southampton away. Um, and I don't know if, if both got a goal. Um, that's, it's, it's so long ago since we played them. Yeah, I'm going to struggle to remember yeah. exactly. But yeah, um, I, I can understand the argument. Uh, I thought last night the uh, the the game did change when when Maximan came in. Um, right. You know, when he came on, uh, he looked a bit rusty himself. I thought some of his passing and some of his touches were a bit wayward. But something happened every time he got the ball, which can't be said for when Willick and Joe Linton had the ball, who were a bit more laboured. I would also think you, you've got to bring into this this discussion, the entire left-hand side, and it pains me to do it because I saw Dan Byrne today and John Lewis chasing <laughs> chasing what I presume is his daughter around, and he just seems like a lovely bloke. And I, I, I'm not saying he played badly last night, but I'm saying he wasn't really doing a job for us last night. He was surplus because we didn't we didn't need him. We didn't need a, a big defender who's going to sit in. We needed a, a proper fullback who's going to overlap and offer something going forward against a team that put 11 men behind the ball whenever we had it. So I think that hampered whoever was attacking, if it was Willick or Joe Linton, because to be fair to Willick, he marauds across the pitch. So sometimes it was Joe Linton on his own on the left and he needs a fullback coming around him, even if it's just to take the man away. And actually in the last five minutes of the first half, Dan Byrne did overlap him twice. And Dan Byrne puts the ball across for that um, Miguel Almiron chance that he should score and he should be 1-0 yeah. at halftime. Um, but yeah, my point being is that that left-hand side didn't, didn't produce an awful lot for the first 40 minutes and we were kind of not getting very far there. And then it changed when Maxi came on. So there's definitely a massive argument that Maxi Man, if fit to play 90 minutes, could probably come in there. Whether I'd do it in every game, I don't know. I think this is the, the beauty Howe has now. He's got he's got different players for, for different situations. And I think you would see Dan Byrne and Joe Linton against Arsenal on the on the 3rd of Jan. Leeds at home on, on New Year's Eve, though, and, and even Leicester, who, you know, have lost a lot of games this season. You might want to see him try something a bit more adventurous. You might, I, I, I don't know what the answer is, though, because I like all three. Like, Joe Willick's a great player, and he, it, the form he was in before the World Cup, were, he was undroppable. Um, and I don't want to I don't want to get carried away after one League Cup match where he was a little bit rusty. Same for Joe Linton. He's, he's, he's still a big player for us, but 
Absolutely. What's, what's nice is that you, you, you can do what, whichever you do, you can change it. And, you know, we've got those options off the bench. That's the beauty of it, I think, is that is that we do have some options coming back into play now. I would be concerned about E.G. Maxi, like just just saying throw him in every game because he is injury prone and, and he can be a little like selfish on the ball, for example, and he frustrates um, other players, but he also frustrates our fans who are we're we're a fickle bunch. I do want to caveat this conversation with the fact that um, we're not calling for any big changes now it's just it this is purely discussion based on what we saw last night um based on sort of where we can improve we're not saying hoy these players into the time we're saying like <laughs> this is here are some things to consider as we get better and these are the conversations we're going to be having as we continue getting better because we do the changes then become incremental they're not like wholesale they become like oh do you do you bring Dan Byrne out for that game I agree with you I'd have him against Arsenal I think you need a big presence like that to to hold up play at the back um but maybe you do need someone a bit more mobile bringing bringing the ball up on the left for a Leicester or for a Leeds Johnny what do you think it's a really interesting debate because I do take size point in regards to being one game in six weeks and it's difficult to really complain about a player's performance from what I saw yesterday it just didn't look right between Joe Willick and Joe Linton it was kind of almost like switching between the two at times and it just didn't look right if I'm honest they both can do a job there on the odd occasion but we both I think we all know rather that the both of them are better in the middle and I think Eddie Howe has to make a decision who we rather have in the middle, depending on the, the team that we're playing, if we're being honest. Um, Alan St. Maximum's an interesting one for me because I do agree. I think he made a difference when he came on. But mm. I don't think Eddie, I don't think Eddie Howe trusts him. I have to be honest. I don't think he trusts him in especially away from home. I think I, I don't think he starts against Leicester, in my personal opinion. I think he goes safe and I think he sticks Joe Linton left with Mickey on the right with Wilson up front which I'm not massively against because I think Leicester can be a tricky game. But I think the biggest issue with them too is whoever is at left-back because I don't think the two left-backs that we have, in particular Matt Target and Dan Byrne, defensively can do a job. But going forward, they're both very poor, in my personal opinion. Um, so it, it, that's, that's just, that's, I, I, just, I just don't think they offer a lot going forward. Dan Byrne, you wanted him to take the handbrake off yesterday and he did eventually with that cross. Matt Target, I don't think, has put one good cross in this season, if we're being honest. So I think that's where the main issue is. I think the left-back area, long-term, is an issue. I don't think it is short-term because we're doing so well as it is. But that, that's yeah. just that's probably been nitpicking at best. But this is this is the point, isn't it? This is nitpicky. I just want to highlight that, like, again, this is nitpicky. We are trying to sort of look at where... Where do we think we're going to see improvements next? Where do we want to see improvements next? And what would you do? It's not to say that we're losing every game. We're certainly not doing that. We kept another clean sheet yesterday. Like that's that's excellent. Um, but it, it's it's a it's a good conversation to have. I think you know left back has historically been a bit of a problem area for us. Like we haven't. Uh, what Richie used to play there sometimes. Like obviously don't want him anywhere near it. Like now, what else do you do? You've got Dan Byrne. I don't know. Um, so, okay. So we want, we're thinking about somebody a bit more mobile. I'll put it, I'll put a question to you. It's like, do you think 
that Eddie Howe could get that kind of performance out of Dan Byrne? Do you think he could coach that kind? Or do you think that that's just the player that he is and we need to bring in somebody else? It's a it's, it's a funny one. I don't I don't ever see Dan Byrne as being a, a you know a, an overlapping fullback yeah. like like a Trent Alexander Arnold or or, or a Tarek Lamptey or something like that. It doesn't look like it. No. Um. The, the thing is with Dan Byrne, right? He is quite good with his feet. Like he's underrated as a as a ball playing defender. Um. But he, it's just so unnatural him bombarding forward at his height as well. Um. In a fullback position. Um. Look in a game like Bournemouth yesterday, where they were where they were literally letting him have the ball. He had to do something. He had to do something because Bournemouth were quite happy marking everybody else and letting us pass the ball to Dan Byrne and giving him a decision to make. Do I go forward? Do I try and put a cross in? And he eventually did it, like you say, Johnny, but it was um, after 40 minutes of pretty frustrating football. That said, that said, um, Bournemouth never, ever looked like scoring. Certainly not in the first like 80 minutes of that game. Yes, we did tie it towards the end and there was a couple of chances, but I, I, I expect to see that continue to be the case. Teams are going to really, really struggle to create anything against us with that back four, which has been so solid. So I can see Eddie Howe keeping faith with it. You know, Leicester away is is a not an easy game. You know, they, they've been better since they had a terrible start this season. Yeah. They won on Tuesday as well. Um, and they they've, they've MK got, Dons. So. Yeah, well, you know, MK Dons have been playing all the way through, as Johnny said. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah. No, no. Um, I just think that... Uh, Cautious um, approach is what we can we can do here, and it's what Eddie Howe probably will. Do. I don't like to call Eddie Howe cautious because he'll just have the lads playing the best football we possibly can. But the, we want to go to Leicester knowing that we're not going to concede a goal. And like I say, yesterday we should have been up at halftime. Trippier had a good chance from a free kick as well. Um, Almiron should have scored. Trippier had another one where the ball came to him and he got he got in at the back post and he probably should have shot, but he tried to cut it back and just just uh, misjudged the cross. Uh, there was someone else. I think Cher was put through as well um, over the top. Like we had chances yeah. first off against a team that were trying everything to stop us from from scoring. Um, so I, I I just can't see him wanting to change it too much. Um, and I think that team again might come in at two nil on another day. And then you're saying, well, what what's the problem? So I I like the idea that we've got the likes of Mighty Target, we've got the likes of Shelby, we've got the likes of Maximan. Their impact players at the moment—that's that's their role in the team. They they might get the chance to improve, uh, to prove themselves, to to earn a starting spot. But at the moment, I I can see how sticking with that eleven because they did a pretty good job overall. So you mentioned Shelby there. Um, I guess that brings on to my next question, which is about the midfield. Um, Bruno's a given, right? He's the given. He's the was... the most. It was lovely to see him again yesterday. Oh, wasn't it so nice? Let me tell you, I did not enjoy the Bournemouth players going for him at every opportunity. No, that's true. Oh my God, he was getting battered. And mm. also, like, the ref didn't give it. He gave us a good few free kicks, but there were a fair few, like, uh, clatterings with Bruno that uh, he missed or just did not decide to. Mm. It is what it is. It's done now. But... Um, so we've got Bruno in midfield. If Joe Linton's playing out on that left, yesterday we obviously we had Joe Willock um, and we had uh, Sean Longstaff. Are those Johnny who you would stick with, or now that you know Shelby's looking back into fitness, um, how how would you set it up if we are going to be playing Joe Linton out left? Look, I think every Newcastle fan would say Bruno's a given. I mm-hmm. think at the minute Sean Longstaff's a given, and I know that might be an interesting one for Newcastle fans, but I think it's more the dirty side of the game in terms of what you need from a Sean Longstaff. It's actually really, really important. I think it's the hard yards. I I don't think there's many people like that in our midfield that can do that sort of job. And 
he, he does get a lot of criticism at times, Sean Longstaff, but I think before the Bournemouth game and going into the last three or four weeks when we were having that good run of form, he was so vital to that. It's more that it's more. I think it's more the work you don't see off the ball in regards to Sean Longstaff. He has got a bad passing. I'm not going to defend that. We all know he's got a bad passing him every now and then. And you think, oh, not typical Sean Longstaff. And I remember in the first half of the Bournemouth game yesterday, he could have played Callum Wilson through and goes for a shot. It's subtle little things with him, but I think that's again something that can be worked on. At the minute, I don't think you can drop Joe Willock in that position, even though Joe Linton is very good in the in the centre. Um, but it's, it's it's I'm glad Eddie Howe's making the decision. I don't think John Joe uh-huh. Shelby gets any. I don't. I'm glad John Joe. I don't think John Joe Shelby gets anywhere near this midfield at the minute, unless you just unless it's just for rotation. rotation not, not as a sub, you wouldn't sub him on just you know for a bit. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought yesterday's game was 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 asking for him potentially. But again, I think you've got to remember Bournemouth were playing a low block yesterday, and mm. I, I, as much as we did get chances, I think they kind of did frustrate Newcastle at times. I think frustration was the the word of the night before we scored. Um, but I, that I, was I, how they it was how they came in 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 the summer as well. Was it the summer? I, September I times September, September, yeah. At time, um, <laughs> yeah. It was how it was exactly what they came to do. Then they came to frustrate us, just to shut up shop and try and um, try and like yeah, get something on the break, maybe. But like really, just just play to frustrate. Yeah, they they did they did, but uh, I, I get the argument, John Joe Shelby. I, I certainly think he's a good squad player, but he doesn't he doesn't start for Newcastle right now unless there's injuries. In my in my in my opinion, I think he can he can offer you something, but who do you drop him for? That's the mm. question. Sai. Yeah, no, as I said before, impact player. That's his role right now. He's, there's no way he starts ahead of any of the four players you've mentioned, really, because if any of Longstaff, Willock, or Bruno were unavailable, you'd see Joe Linton drop into that midfield yeah. and. And either um, Murphy or or Maxi play play up front. Uh, I think Shelby's got a lot to prove. Again, I, I, I like John Joe Shelby in terms of his his ability. Um, his work rate has been much much better since Eddie Howe took over. He does offer something different as well. You know, there might be games where Eddie Howe thinks actually John Joe Shelby might give us something here in terms of those those cutting passes. Um, and there is an argument that yesterday, as we as the game wore on before the goal. You, you might have needed to use him earlier had we not got the goal, but mm. um, we got it in the end and didn't need to to change anything really because um, I don't think you get the air off the ball work that Johnny just mentioned about Sean Longstaff from from John Joe Shelby. Um, I don't think he offers as much defensively. He's, he's got a yellow card on him and he'll take a foul probably, uh, probably when, when you need him to. There's one thing Longstaff's not that good at. When you need him to make a cynical foul, he tends to misjudge it and just miss the player entirely. But um, yeah, I thought the, the midfield three looked really solid yesterday. I thought that game was um, very much controlled by us in midfield. Yes, we, we struggled to break them down, but we won the ball back so quickly every time Bournemouth had it that there's, there's nothing about that midfield that I would want to change. And yeah, it's a it's a, it's a a weird one with the Willock-Joe Linton dynamic, and I don't really mind which of the two plays, but it's it, it works really well for me. And so if you had Maxi playing out on the left side, as you have sort of said you, you might want, would you would you change anything and have Joe Linton drop back into that midfield? Or would you, like, how would you set up then? I'd probably play Willock against Leicester and mm-hmm. Leeds and then Joe Linton against Arsenal, which sounds staffed. And I don't think it's fair to leave Joe Linton out the team for two games. But So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Maxi back it's in hard. yet. I think Maxi's Maxi's looking good, but I wouldn't put him back in. I would, I would keep those four players in the team, and Joe Linton definitely would have a midfield role against Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think Arsenal's Arsenal's 
you know, as far as we're like thinking, it's kind of our most competitive fixture coming up right there, top of the table, where where we are. All of our fixtures are competitive. I don't want to denigrate our our um opposition. All of our games are important, but that one we're kind of looking to and thinking like this is gonna be a hell of a game, really. Um Well if if Alex Hurst's um we're going to win the league mentality is, is to be proven right. We have to beat Arsenal. We have to we have to go and beat them. We can't, I think you know? I said that. I think I said we're going to win the league. I went a bit nuts the other day. I was I was very tired and like you know maybe had some wine the night before and I was just like I don't know we're going to win. Um, all right. Well, we've talked a lot about the left. We've talked about the midfield. I also just want to touch on the right hand side and then we may have a little look. We've, we've talked a bit about the festive fixtures, but we, we might go into them just for a few minutes or so. But right hand side, Almiron, is that a long term solution is the question I wanted to get into. Um, and the reason I ask is because Almiron, again, like he has trouble with his right foot. He's naturally left footed. Like Johnny, is he... Uh, the long-term solution. I know that we had this Alma Renaissance in the back end of that period. I've just made that up in my brain. I'm really pleased with myself. What a word. Thank you. Um, you know, he he became like the the best player I've ever seen for a little bit there um, at the back end of, I keep calling it the first half of the season, but it's not the half, but you know what I mean. Um, he scored some crucial goals. He scored goal of the month after goal of the month. But he is still weaker on his right foot. Do we think that's a problem? Do we think that's a long-term solution? Or like, what? and if not, what, what is? Give us the answers. All the answers. I, I, I will try my best. Um, <laughs> look, I, Miguel Miron could arguably be Newcastle's player of the season so far. So it's, it, it's, it's a really, really interesting one. He needs to work on his right foot. He needs mm. to. Because he could get another five goals a season just by being in the right position, using his right foot. He's a, he's a tad unlucky yesterday because it hits his heel, but you still expect him to score, if I'm being honest, if you're being picky. Um, in regards to the long term with Miguel Miron, he knows he's got to fight for his place now because we've got unlimited money nearly. So he knows that Newcastle can bring in you know, better quality players in the next 6, 12, 18 months, whatever it is. But he is a fantastic option at the minute. He's got so much confidence. And I think when you have a Joe Linton or even a Willock on that left-hand side, you get even more out of Almiron because he's more attacking-minded. And he's, like I say, with that confidence, you look at the Spurs game, there's no way he would have scored that goal 12 months ago or maybe even six months ago, let's be honest. But he's, he's seen since pre-season, he's just come back a different player. But he, he probably is looking over his shoulder because they can go, Eddie Howe could go, well, if that wing is available, let's go for him. Because let's be honest, our backup options aren't spectacular. Jacob Murphy, I've never really been sold by him. So that, I think that they're the options really that um, that Newcastle have behind Almiron. So Almiron has to start. And he, I'm glad he's starting because he's doing so well this season. Yeah, I think for me, like it's a no-brainer that we strengthen in that position, like particularly if we're going to end in one of these European places. I don't think Miguel Almiron needs to worry about his him in the squad, but maybe his like starting position. But I think he offers us some depth if we get in somebody else, right? Particularly if we are in those European spots and we're looking at European football next season. Um winning European football, sorry, Alex. Um, I just, 
Yeah, I, I think I think that would be somewhere I would strengthen personally in January. Sai, what do you think? Um, we we need to strengthen because of the squad depth issues that we've just we've just touched on there. Like Jacob Murphy for the effort he's put in for us, he should never be playing for a team that is going to be playing in Europe. Like, and the same could be said of of Ryan Fraser, Matt Ritchie, you know, all these like background players you aren't going to play for Newcastle on the wing. Let's be honest. Um, we've got Alexander Izak, and we're not sure where he's going to fit in this team yet at all, yeah. which is an interesting dilemma to have. Um, Miggy will be will be first choice until he's not. Um, but I think that's the old Kevin Keegan adage of there's no point in buying a player who's not as good as your first team. So when we eventually do buy another winger, you, you've got to think we're going to buy somebody better than than Miguel Almiron, and then he becomes a squad player again, and then he's fighting for his place and, and taking taking games where he gets them, but we'll also be playing in Europe, so you might still get a, a fair number of games. We'll need we'll need more more players. But um I thought I thought he was quite good yesterday. I thought certainly during that first 40 minutes we talked about earlier. Minich, minutes minutes um, we talked about earlier uh because we weren't getting much joy down the left. All of our chances were coming down the right hand side. And I thought um he has a really good uh relationship with with Kieran Trippier. Yeah. These little one twos where He'll knock it back and then he dinks it over the top. And he's always there. He's always making that run. He knows where to be. Um, it's just that touch. And again, mate, I've, you've probably got to give him the benefit of the doubt on the rustiness of, of, of five weeks off. Yes, they would have trained, but it's a, it's a competitive environment. It's a totally different. And there's lots of Bournemouth players crowding him out. And he still got himself in a lot of positions. And, and uh, uh, to, to credit him, teams are now worried about him. So we watched Bournemouth every time Miggy cut in on his left foot looking to get a shot off. Bournemouth essentially built a little wall. There was three defenders lining up to make sure he could not shoot. And he eventually had to pass it off to Bruno. And then it came back out to the left. And then Joe Linton's out wide with nobody to pass to because Dan Burns on the halfway line. And that's that's <laughs> kind of how it played out. So I thought Miggy did everything he could yesterday. And, and he's now a, uh, a a player that other teams target, uh, like they do, like they do with Maximano, like they do with, with Callum Wilson. They, they have to put men on him and make sure he doesn't score goals, um, which is a as big a compliment as you can pay him. If I can just quickly, briefly say, that's a fantastic point, Sai. Kieran Trippier has completely transformed the mm. uh, Miguel Miron. And we talk about Eddie Howe probably maybe has done more on the training mm. pitch, but yeah. actually no, on the actual... It's all Trippier, yeah. He's just the next manager of Newcastle, really, isn't he? Um, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, it, it, he has really helped him. I think that is that level of understanding that they have. Mm. And because Trippi has had that experience of playing with, with, you know, those type of players at Atletico, I think that really helps because he, I think even Kevin Trippi knows where Miguel Miron's going to be. And he, he, he does get in the right positions, Mickey. He really does. He does get in the right positions. So we just didn't have that player like a Kieran Trippier to give him the balls to go and really attack uh, the opposition. So, yeah, I think that's a fantastic point because if, if you don't have a Kieran Trippier or a right back of that quality, you don't see the best of Miguel Miron because, mm. let's be honest, he, he 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 might have been out the door. He might have been out the door. Eddie Howe might have said, yeah. you know, maybe not for me. I think it's a really good point as well, as we've talked about the left-hand side, like how you can see that sort of right-hand side linking up and the speed on the right-hand side, the imbalance of the right and the left. And it's, it's okay to have a bit of imbalance because you don't want you don't want teams to sort of work it all out and, and know exactly how to deal with you but but you can also see what you might want on the left hand side which is you know these players that link up really well and say so you're absolutely right he did Trippier was loving those like dinks overhead last night mm -hmm. there were a lot of them 
Um, and they were just they're just lovely pieces of lovely pieces of football. Can you say that? <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah, it's a nice phrase. Nice piece of football. Um, it was, and I do think Miguel Moran is very good at stretching the game. He's got such speed that he can really, you know, he can. It, we get the ball on the break. It can be, you know, in their in their half in their um, eighteen yard box very very quickly. So that from my perspective is is a is a great thing that you wouldn't again want to lose because like you say Sai, why would you bring anyone in um if they aren't better than the people you've got already um it is that right foot that needs work like putting if you're going to put him on that side of the pitch you do he just he really needs to work on it but I'm sure he knows that I'm sure Eddie Howe and his manager Kieran Trippier know that too so they can they can all work on it together and I'm sure towards the end of last season he scored a couple with his right foot not last season last this last bit of the season I'm sure he was getting better on this on his right and he's such a confidence player that this break for the World Cup probably hasn't helped a turn because he needs that like um pep from the crowd and from the competitive football um but yeah i i don't think it's like an immediate problem i don't think it's something that needs immediately solving like most of these uh com like most of these conversations we've had here they're not immediate problems they're just things that as we get better we are starting to think about um Okay, well, we've we've done a lot longer on that sort of on all those questions, which is you know with the through the lens of the Bournemouth game and also the wider lens of the rest of the season and the rest of the squad, um, we've touched a little bit on um, on the festive fixtures there. Uh, I don't think there's tons more to say on them to be honest, because we've talked about how we would line up. Uh, is there anyone, Johnny, that you're particularly worried about or are you feeling after yesterday that you're sort of quite comfortable going in? We've got Leicester Boxing Day, Leeds at home, uh, New Year's Eve, and then three days later, Arsenal away. All different challenges. Leicester were playing really well before the uh, World Cup break. Obviously got the win last night, which was probably expected. I think there'll be a difficult challenge. It'll be interesting to see if a certain... English midfielders playing for Leicester on um, Boxing Day. With the, there might be a few chants coming towards his direction. Maybe a come and guess me plea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that I think that might be a case of just let's just see how we got on at Leicester before we look at the rest. Look, Arsenal's going to be yeah. very very difficult. That's the most difficult game out of the out of the festive fixtures by a long stretch. But Leeds, let's not disrespect Leeds. They went to Anfield and won. They've been a nuisance to a lot of the bigger teams in recent. Uh, in recent weeks and months, uh, Jesse Marsh seems to be getting a little bit of a tune out of this this Leeds team as well yeah. in recent in recent weeks. But they always seem to give the teams at the top a tough tough afternoon. So let's just let's let's just keep our fingers crossed on that. But I, if if you're asking me for maybe a points tally, I would take some. I would take I would take somewhere between four and five points because I think Arsenal will be very difficult and a point away at Leicester wouldn't be a bad result. I know we've been winning every single week, but it wouldn't be a bad result. Fine. Yeah, I was about to demand way more points than that, but you're actually right, Johnny. Like, I, I'm getting carried oh, away. You've crushed him. Um, You've crushed his spirit. Think, you're right because Leicester, we just is a real unknown. That yeah, there'd be MK Dons on Tuesday, but what does that tell you? They they put out like half a team. Uh, Madison wasn't even in the squad. He wasn't even on the yeah. bench. So I don't know if he's fit or not, or if he's just he was in a bit Dubai. Oh, okay, there we go. Um, but then you you know Vardy Telemans is back from the World Cup, straight back in the team, scoring goals. Uh, and Iose Perez gets on the score sheet as well. So it's... Um, they're not, not going to start they're, Perez against us. Probably not, probably not. But, you know, they're, they're not a bad side and they're not to be just uh, 
written off as a team that we should be easily beating. So you're right there, Johnny. Leeds, uh, we have to beat Leeds. I really think that's that's an, an absolute must win. They don't play until uh, the 28th and they play in Man City. So they'll only have three days to recover from what will be a really tough game. Whereas we've got the full five days after Boxing Day. So I think that's a massive advantage to us. Um, and we've got a mint big squad where everyone's fit as well. So if there's anyone who doesn't quite recover from from Leicester, they, you know, so we can swap around. That's the beauty of it. Mint big squad. Um, but I think you might also be looking then to to the uh, the third of Jan because that Arsenal game is massive, and it we've done so well against everyone else in the top six. Why can't we go and get a result there as well? And that would be a massive statement from us. Eddie Howe will be desperate to to do that, um, and I'm sure he'll set us up with that defence. Arsenal, are, they won't know what to do. They used to teams just kind of uh, making mistakes and then letting them in. We don't make mistakes at the back now. We we rarely give people a shot on target. Never mind a goal, and it's. I really look forward to it. If we come off the back of beating Leeds and getting our confidence and our rhythm back, I think that'll be a really, really good game. But as Johnny said, I think a minimum of four points, but probably five or six is is where we need to be looking here to, to keep the momentum going. I'm saying six. I'm saying what? six. Lose to Arsenal. No, oh, no, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> Maybe do I think six? Five or six. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, tough. Five sounds better than six because we don't lose, but yeah, six that's what I was thinking with six points and six points. It's a tough one. I'd be really interested to see how we go at Leicester on Boxing Day. Um, we will, of course, have a full preview for that on our Patreon. As I said, we will be at that match, so we'll have our regular match day content, instant reaction, um, post match podcast. Oh, there's just going to be so many podcasts for you to listen to over the festive period. What a Christmas miracle! Um, thank you so much, Sai. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, if you like this, do think about joining our Patreon. As I said there, there's loads of extra content on it. And uh, in the meantime, we'll be back after Leicester, I think. Yeah, that's right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.